when the Buddha approached uh, the different people, he teach differently. But when he do teach or, or uh, broach onto the topic of self or no self, he also don't directly declare no, no self, end of story, accept, and you'll be safe or something. <laughs> yeah? But instead, he would ask them through questions yeah? to get people to think for themselves. <laughs> A lot of self. <laughs> so the Buddha would ask this um, pretty standard kind of questions. And he would ask, consider this, is form permanent or impermanent? Yeah. So form, physical form, would include the body, yeah? would include what we call the body. Right? Let me just uh, highlight this. So we have the body, yeah? physical form. Uh, it can also be part of the traits, yeah? and also our, ach- our possessions, our achievements. Yeah? All this can be physical. Yeah? Then he will ask, is it permanent? And... The, the disciples or whoever he's talking to would think about it, consider, yeah, and investigate and, and then declare that, oh, it's impermanent. And then the Buddha will ask, is form which is impermanent subject to change? Meaning that, will it change? Yeah. Something that's permanent, does it change? That means from before until now, it lasts, does it change? Yeah. Then they reply, yes, it changed. Yeah? Something that is impermanent is subject to, su- to, to, to change. And then the Buddha will further ask, is something that is impermanent subject to change, subject to suffering? Hmm. This part is a bit tricky. I was explaining to a, another student. So why is it that something that is impermanent subject to change, subject to suffering? Uh, there are a lot of teachings that elaborate on this but if you go to the Pali Canon it's simply just that Wu Shang Gu Ku Ku Gu Wu so very very minimal explanation but in some other texts then in the suttas in the commentaries then it explains because when if you examine the change yeah, everything that we have written down today um, is there anything that is permanent so far? The only thing we close we can think of is perhaps the name, you know, and for Singaporeans the IC. But even this, the IC, is not permanent, uh. right? After we die, does the IC follow us to the next life? No, right? And our name, we can be given multiple names, so the name can change. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, my student changed her name, so we can change our name. So names are not permanent. But in that case, then how is this impermanence a problem? How is it suffering? So the, the, the angle is, think about it, is any of the changes um, due to conditions or not due to conditions? And is it due to conditions or not due to conditions? So, if we were to observe, we may observe and find that all these changes happen due to conditions. Sometimes we are part of the conditions, sometimes we are not. And all the time, it is due to multiple conditions. 
So all this that we identify with as self changes due to conditions. So what? So it is not simply due to our decision. But and how is that suffering? If it's not due to our decision, that means it's not within our control. So if you want it to go a certain way, it may or may not go that way. And simply by definition, something that go may or may not go our way is not conducive to happiness. It's conducive towards um, unease, towards a sense of um, uncertainty. And all this points towards, alludes towards suffering. Not not suff- not necessarily like just because it's impermanence, then immediately, wow, you know, big deal suffering. Uh. But it's in that direction already. And, and that's part of the problem. Because it is merely in that direction, but may not have enough amplitude to to let us recognize it as suffering. And that's why we don't usually recognize it as suffering. We usually don't even see, recognize that that direction until it's too late. Until it's significant enough for us to call it, to recognize the change and then to feel the suffering. Then we say, oh, this is suffering. And by then, usually it's too late because we have already grown that strong identification, that clinging, that attachment, that grasping. And so, by this point, then the Buddha would ask again, is something that is impermanent, subject to change, subject to suffering, fit to be considered mine, me, or myself? Is it fit? Does it qualify? Yeah. Something that is always changing, that's not permanent. Keep on changing. Today is here, tomorrow not there. Yeah. And the change is not totally due to you. Not your decision. How it changes. So in what way is that you? If something goes its own way depending on conditions, then how, how can we say that this, this is me? Uh, that was the Buddha's question. Now, even in the Buddha's time, uh, there are people who don't necessarily agree, but they don't have a retort to disagree. Yeah? Uh, but uh, there, are, there are those of his disciples who, when given this train of inquiry, come to the realization Huh, the th- the very thing that we identify with as me, as mine, as myself, as the ego, as the self, as the Atman, the Atta, actually uh, don't re- don't don't really fit. Uh. Yeah, it doesn't really gel. And hence, no self. So the no self is not simply just as a standalone com- uh, statement, but it is through a, a process of inquiry. And that's why in Buddhism, um, part of the practice is this process of contemplation. 
that no self is not simply just repeated as a doctrine, as a thesis that we must accept and just regurgitate, you know. But it is actually uh, the ref- the conclusion of a reflection and observation. Not just reflection, uh, because reflection is just conceptual. Yeah, but reflection and then observation. That you observe that truly there's nothing that changes um, independent of conditions. That all these changes is n- not simply due to your will, so to speak. 